Well, again, we are glad you are here with us as we are continuing our teaching series, Love Has One, which is a journey through the Gospel of John, specifically John 13 through the end of the Gospel of John is where we are. We've been actually taking the Gospel of John apart through this whole ministry year in different teaching series. And as we continue in that journey, as we're going to make our way into John 19, I want to show you a picture. And I want you to think with me, what does this mean and this signify when you see it on three. Here we go. What does this mean? Game over. Game over. What does that mean? You lose. Messed up. What else? Start over, right? Right? I recently was at a campground called Word of Life Pines with my family, and they had a gaming activity. And all these people came out. I, there were so many people who signed up and they were playing Mario Kart and all kinds of other things. And I was there cheering on a friend of mine who was, who was playing the game. And as he was playing, he was just trying to explain to me what was going on, you know, what was happening. And all of a sudden it looked like he was going to pull out the, the lead, but then out of nowhere, something happened to take him out of the game. Game over. And it was single elimination, you know, because usually you would have another opportunity. But because there were so many people, it was single elimination, and it was over for him. And, you know, I think about that also in the world of sports, right? Not just gaming, but the world of sports, you know. There's, there's winners, there's losers. The score kind of sets forth what happens and who's won and who comes out on top. But when the game's over, the game's over, right? When, when the clock runs out, the game is over, and I know many of us are, are getting excited for, for the, the ba baseball season that we're already in, but the playoffs that are right around the corner, and then looking forward to fall football, right? You know, whatever your team is, you're with them no matter what, but if they lose, they lose. The game is over. There are no do-overs for that game. And at times in life, it can feel like that too. It can feel like the game is over. I've blown it. I've messed up. Things didn't go the way I wanted them to go relationships have changed, game's over, the game's over, I'm too far gone. You know, there's all kinds of things that we look at and we say in our lives, the game is over. The game is over. You know, in the life of Jesus, it looked like the game was over as well. It looked like things were stacking up against him again and again and again and again. And it looked like he actually was losing. He was losing because in every sense of the word, he experienced betrayal. He was beaten. You know, he was falsely accused, right? There was a kangaroo court going on. His friends left him, abandoned him. You know, he was, he was flogged. He was beaten. He hung on a cross, right? All these things. It looked like game over for Jesus. Game over. And I want us to understand that in the economy of the king and his kingdom, game over has such significance in different of meaning and impact because of the one who is the leader of our lives, Jesus. And that brings us to this today, that it's not over until Jesus says it's over. It's not over until Jesus says it's over. Yeah, and I want us to say that out loud together on three. One, two, three. It's not over until Jesus says it's over. It's not over until Jesus says it's over. And this is good news for us this morning because wherever we are, wherever we find ourselves, whatever our journey is in life, whatever the set of circumstances that we have found ourselves in, no matter what our view of Jesus is and of the church, 
whatever that may look like or wherever we may find ourselves, I want you to know that we have one who's called the author of life. And he has good things in store for us, even when they don't seem like good things. Even when they're hard and even when they're difficult and even when they're painful, there's a way in which he takes those things because he is the one where they're filtered through his hands and can do what only he can do with them. He doesn't minimize what they are. He doesn't act like it's not painful or hard or difficult or any of those things. But rather, he's the source, the source of our lives. Because again, it's not over until Jesus says it's over. In other words, look at that. You're not done as long as you have breath because he's not done with you. He is not done with you. Which leads us to where we're going to be at in John's gospel today. If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to open up with me to John chapter 19. John chapter 19. And we're going to start in verse 28 here. And I want to encourage you to read this whole section of scripture on your own. One of the things I want to really do is I want to make sure we don't get lost in all the material because there's a lot of verses. And what I found as we've been in this teaching series, sometimes when you're going through a whole chunk of it, you can be like, what did I just read? Like, it, it can be a little uh, daunting. So what I want to do is I want to help uh, to make it a little bit more succinct for us. I want to encourage you on your own this week, though, to journey through John 19 and to read through that passage and that portion of Scripture. But we're going to highlight and focus on a couple verses here in John 19. Starting in verse 28, it says this, Later knowing that everything had now been, what's the word here? Had now been what? Had now been what? All right, and so that the Scripture would be, what's the word here? What's the word? What's the word? I need, I, need, I need a real emphasis this morning. I know it's August. To, what is it? All right, thank you. Thank you for your participation in that. Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. And so what I want you to hear, first of all, is the life and the work and the ministry and the mission of Jesus he says, again, very clearly, knowing that everything had now been finished. Finished. And this is so good for us to think about that word, finished. And we're going to hear and talk a bit more about that as we continue in John 19 in just a, a few minutes here. But I don't want us to miss this. Jesus is the one who is the author of the race in our lives. As Hebrews says, he's the author and the perfecter of our faith. It is Jesus He's the one knowing that everything had been finished. In other words, what he set out to do, what he set out to accomplish through his life, death, burial, and then we're going to see later on in John 20, 21, his resurrection, we see him being the fulfillment of that. It's through him. It's through him that we can take on death and sin, not because of what we did, but because of what he did for us. It's because of what he's accomplished for us that his finished work is added to our account. It's not just that we have a right standing with God and we don't get what we don't deserve, right? But we get more than that. We get his righteousness added to our accounts. We get his holiness added to our account. We get the full measure of the pleasure and the light and the joy of the Father to our account through the finished work of Jesus. It reminds me of when I look at my son Ray 
and I'm, I'm gazing upon my son and the sheer joy and delight that I feel. But then when we do something together, like recently, he's had this uh, fear of zip lining at Urban Air. You guys ever been to Urban Air before? You guys know Urban Air? Urban Air is like really awesome. Show of hands, who's been to Urban Air before? If you have kids, you probably know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you probably like, let me just give you a, 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 a big picture of it. It's like a trampoline park on steroids. They have go-karts, they have a zip line, they have an obstacle course. Have, anyways, so he's like so afraid, but he keeps talking to me and he's like, I'm so afraid to do the zip line. I'm like, buddy, it's okay. You don't have to do the zip line. But I want to do the zip line. He's like crying. I want to do the zip line. Okay. Well, when you're ready, you can do the zip line. But I want to do it. I want to do it. He's just talking to me. Like, and we now we're members there at Urban Air. So like we're leveraging every every ounce of what you pay in a membership. And we're going a lot. So he's telling, I want to, I want to go on, but I'm afraid. And then and then finally, one day he goes on there. And he's going up the thing and and he's ziplining and he's like, Hey, Daddy! Like, oh, hey, Daddy! And then he gets off, and then he runs. And he, first of all, he's like, give me this huge hug because he's so proud that he was a big, brave boy, and he did it scared. He did it scared. And I say to him, I'm so proud of you. But he took pride in the fact that I took pride in him. And you know, as we think about that, the Father's gaze upon us is like that of what he had on Jesus. Sure pride, sure joy, sure delight. That's the finishing work that Jesus has provided for us so that we can learn to really walk in the rhythms of the true grace and truth that's found in him that shows us how to really take real rest and what real work looks like, what it means to be on the purposes in which he created us for. And so I think about that with my son and, and how much he loves to share in that with me. And how much more does our Heavenly Father want to share in those moments with us? And through Jesus, that's been accomplished for us. Because not only do, does Ray like sharing in that with me, I like sharing it with him. Like, it brings me a lot of joy. It brings me a lot of joy. And then he's overcoming the obstacle course at Urban Air because his cousin Joel, they inspired one another to overcome. Joel was afraid of the zip line. Ray was afraid of the obstacle course. Joel did the obstacle first. And then Ray did the zip line first. And then they're encouraging one another towards this end. And you know, in our lives as well, because of what Christ has done, the finished work, the completion, what he's provided for us, what he has enabled us to have because of what he's done is available to us through faith in him. A faith that says, I'm hearing your voice and I'm putting into practice what you say of me and what you have for me entrust to you, I'm walking with you. It's, it's, like, it's like Ray on that zip line. He had to trust the harness, right? It would be one thing to be like, hey, I think that zip line's awesome. <laughs> I think that zip line can hold my weight. I think that zip line is going to be fun, but I'm not going to do it, <laughs> right? Is that faith? Is that trust? It's, it's not faith and trust that actually goes through the line and actually allows them to harness them in and he goes down that zip line. And now he does it all the time. Probably every time we're there, he goes about 10 to 15 times. It's crazy. Same thing in our own lives. The adventure with Jesus, the walking with him, requires this trust and this faith. To lean on him, to walk with him, to allow him to do what only he can do and to do it with him. He's made a way. So as we think about that, I want to give you a couple things 
in faith we receive the finishing work of Jesus on our behalf. It's in faith. So who are you putting your faith in? What are you putting your trust in? And it's not just information, like I know details about Jesus. It's rather, no, I know Jesus. Like I know him intimately. I know him closely. I know him deeply. I'm walking with him. And it doesn't mean the depth of your faith is going to look like somebody else's. And, and, I, and I pardon all my array illustrations, but we've had a lot of adventures together these last couple of weeks. But one of the things he's trying to figure out is even how to pray and talk with God. He's like, how do I do that? He's like, I don't know how to do it. I'm like, well, you just tell him what was on your mind and your heart. And he'd say things like, thank you, Jesus, for the weather. I'm like, you just prayed. You know, or thank you, Jesus, for the fun we had here. You know, he'll just acknowledge God in that. And I'm like, hey, you know, that is prayer, right? You know what you did. And then now he's kind of sick of me telling him every time he does it. That's prayer. Okay, I know, Dad, okay? I I know it. I get it, all right? I was like, all right, I'm bad, bro. I'm just trying to help you out here, man. I want you to learn it. But, But again, it's not about the amount. It's about the sincerity of it. It's about the surrender. It's about where you are. And who it is that you're putting your trust and putting the weight of your life on. Who are you building your life on? Are you building your life on you? Are you building your life on somebody else? Are you building your life on another system of beliefs, culturally or subculture of of Christianity, but may not be rooted in the way of Jesus and the whole view of Scripture and the ways in which he's called us and is inviting us in to walk with him? Again, in faith, we receive the finishing work of Jesus on our behalf. It's the finishing work that washes over us again and again and again that tells us because Jesus has done the work, I don't have to work, strive, earn, but rather I can surrender and I can walk with him fully. I can hear what he says of me, that I'm his son and that he loves me, and he's well pleased with me, and he takes pride and delight in me, just as I do for my son, Ray. He does that for you through the finished work that Jesus has provided for you. He calls you his son and his daughter, the greatest title that we will ever receive, to be called the sons and daughters of God. That is our invitation through faith in Jesus. This is what we receive, and we join him for the good works that he has for us that he prepared in advance for us. So in faith, we receive the finishing work of Jesus on our behalf. And that leads us to this part. Have you and do you daily in faith receive the finishing work of Jesus on your behalf? Because yes, it's once and for all. It's done and not yet. What do I mean by that? It means that every day through Jesus, we have received once and for all what he's done for us. But can we be honest, aren't there areas in our life that we're struggling and wrestling with still? Aren't there parts in our lives that aren't what Jesus has for us fully? There's gaps from what he has created and intended for us. There are these things that he wants to work with us in, walk with us in. Maybe there are areas of things we're doing, the things he's asking us not to do. Or we're not doing the things he's asking us to do. Or maybe for us, we're in the cycle of shame again and again and again. We're rehearsing that moment in time where we blew it, where we said this thing, we looked at this thing, we hooked up with this person. You fill in the blank. We drank too much of this. You know what I'm talking about, right? 
Because this is life. But in Christ, the finishing work of Jesus, it overrides our feelings with the truth of who he is and what he's done for us. And we take those feelings, we acknowledge those feelings, we don't run from them, but we run to the source that has provided the finishing work on our behalf, Jesus. We run to him with our sin, with our shame, with our pride, with our fear, with our blame. You name it. You name it. We come to him. Because daily we're meant to walk in this. Daily we're meant to receive it. And when I receive this in faith, the finishing work that he's done for me, it makes me such more of a vessel to receive and then give his love to others. Because I can't give that which I'm not walking in. What music are you listening to in your life? What soundtrack is playing? What is it that is on your playlist, so to speak, right? If you've got iTunes, you know what I'm talking about. Apple Music, you know what I'm talking about. What is it on that Spotify list? And in the gospel terms, is it sin? Is it shame? Is it pride? Is it lies? Is it fear? Is it anger? Is it bitterness? Is it self-loathing? Is it self-righteousness? Is that the track? Because I want you to know of another one who says, it is finished. I've made a way. And that music that sings over us is love, truth, grace, peace, hope. It allows us to walk in all that he has for us. So what soundtrack are you walking in? Because we're meant to daily receive this. Not to earn anything. We're not earning a single thing. (laughs) We're just receiving and responding. We're daily saying, Jesus, I open myself up to what it is that you've come to do for me. In faith, I've already put my trust in you, but today, I'm going to put my trust in you again and again. It's this daily surrender. It's this posture of heart of saying, I want to walk with you where you're leading me. Well, it continues on here in John 19. And if we were going to memorize a verse through this section, I would really encourage you to memorize this. And it's, it's really key for us because I don't want you to miss this. I don't want you to miss all that Jesus has done for us. John 19.30. So we're going to actually read this together on the count of three. I know it's August, so I want to make sure you're still in with me. You're maybe still in that vacation mode, or you're like recovering from vacation. I get it. I get it. But I want us to read this together on three. One, two, three. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. And so Jesus says, what's the word here? What did he say? I can't hear you over here. What? It is finished. It is finished. Oh, man, this is such good news for us. It is finished. And we need to hold on to this. It is finished. Whenever the soundtrack of your life goes out of bounds to what God says of you and has for you, whenever you're tempted to go to a place that he's not having for you, the boundary lines that he's created for you. In other words, in in art, we know that there are these boundary lines, right? on a canvas and when we look at a canvas we know that an artist looks at where the boundary lines are so they know where to paint where to draw they know how beauty emerges and you know what the author of our life knows how beauty emerges in our life as well how we flourish how we thrive when the art of what he has for us are based on the boundary lines that we're walking into so whenever you're tempted Whenever you're accused, whenever you're contemned, say, in Jesus, it is finished. It is finished. 
It is finished on my behalf. He's made a way. I have this right standing with God. I only, not only have this right standing with God, but I can walk with God. I can know God. I can experience Him in my day-to-day interactions from the most ordinary, mundane thing like going to Costco, which is kind of an adventure, right? It's like enter at your own, your own risk, right? Costco or Wegmans, right? <laughs> to driving on 78 or 22 or encountering people at your work environment or at the restaurants that you frequent or the needs that you see around you. He's inviting us to walk in his finished work on our behalf. One of my favorite preachers is Tony Evans, Dr. Tony Evans. I love, I love him. And I love what he says about this. He says the following. He says, Jesus didn't say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. He was just getting started. Mm, let me read that again. That's so good. So good. Jesus didn't say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. He was just getting started. He was just getting started. And I want you to hear this today because so many of us, we need to know, yes, yes, it is finished, but he's not finished. He's not done yet. He's still at work. He's still making all things as in the way they're intended to be. When we'll stand before him one day and he'll make all things new and right as they should be. But again, we're a preview of that coming day and we get to step into the finished work of Jesus, a finished work that says, I'm not, you know, I'm, he didn't say I am finished again, but it is finished. The finishing work that allows us to know he's just getting started. He's doing things in us, through us, and around us. He's always at work. And so I want you to hold on to this. I want you to think about what it is in your life where he is just getting started maybe. Maybe for you, you think you're too far gone that he's done with you. But he is just getting started because through his life, death, and burial, we know that there's the hope of what's to come, the resurrection. And he's in the business of doing resurrection work. He's always in the business of doing that. That's why we can talk about today, it is finished because he didn't stay on the cross. Amen? (laughs) He didn't stay on the cross. That's the good news that we hold on to, right? He shows up to these different Witnesses, over 500 at the same time, and they saw with their very own eyes this one who was murdered on the cross, who willingly gave himself up, being resurrected from the dead three days later. This is the work that he's doing in us, through us, and around us. And our invitation is to join him. So as we think about that, I want to give you a couple things here. Jesus has finished, and he isn't finished with you. I want you to just hold on to this this morning because some of us, we've been followers for a very, very long time, followers of Jesus, and maybe there are things that we're holding on to that we need to experience his finishing work in our lives. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's an area of shame. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's something like this. This is just my personality. This is just the way I am. Hmm. You know, whenever, whenever we talk like that, we're minimizing what he did for us. Whenever we say something like that, whenever I just say something like, me being inconsiderate and rude is just part of my personality, or whenever I'm not willing to have hard conversations that are necessary for the benefit of that person, 
and I say, well, that's just my personality. That's just my wiring. Guess this is how I'll be. It's like me saying to somebody who sends me an Excel spreadsheet, which happens often. And I look at it, and I'm like, looking at I've joked with you guys about this, like the matrix. I'm like, what, is, what am I looking at? And they're sending it to me, and it would be like me saying back to them, thanks for sending this. I have no clue what this is. Good luck with it. That's just not, no. I need to figure it out, and through Christ, I can. I can, right? Like, I can read it. I'm never going to be a pro at Excel spreadsheet. I won't be, and that's okay. But again, let's not hide behind, this is just the way I am. Because in Christ, what we just heard, he's never done with us. Now, there's wirings, there's giftings, there's ways in which he's made us awesome. Let's lean into those. But let's not hide behind a false sense of who we are apart from him. Let's hide in Jesus. Let's hide in what he's done for us. Let's step into our true self in Christ that's being renewed day by day into the righteousness of Christ. Again, Jesus hasn't finished. Jesus has finished it. And he isn't finished with you. He isn't finished with you. I want you to embrace that for your life. It will pay dividends if we walk in that and experience that. And then as we think about that, where in your life do you need to experience the finishing work of Jesus? Where in your life right now are you saying, you know what, I understand it is finished, but he wasn't finished. But where in your life, in faith and trust, are you just resigned yourself to say something like this? Well, this is just the way it is. Kind of given up. Maybe you're turning to despair. Well, there's nothing I can do about it. You know, like, we talk like that, right? And I understand circumstances, we can, we can choose joy in, in difficult circumstances, and we should. But do we believe he's at work or not? Do we believe he's at work in us? Do we believe he's at work? and those around us? Do I believe that in faith and in trust in Christ? Or we become complicit and complacent with just the way it is. We go in circles and circles and circles and circles. And we, we can use all kinds of reasons to justify that. We can even put sprinkle a Bible verse on it. We can put some Jesus juice on it. And then, oh, see, this is of God. Is it? Or is it of me? Is it of me? Is it what I'm comfortable with? Is it my tolerance for the change he wants to bring? Because we have to be willing participants in the work that he wants to do. Again, where in your life do you need to experience the finishing work of Jesus? And here's the next question for you. Who in your life needs to experience the finishing work of Jesus? See, we, we all need this daily. We need to receive it. We need to give it. But there are people in your circles of influence who are desperately seeking to find a peace that only can be found in what Jesus has done. There are people all around you. You know, there'll be people that you'll, you'll come across, whether they're people in your neighborhood, where you maybe work out at, where you get coffee at, where you uh, take your kids to play sports at. There are people everywhere around us. So the, the question is, do I have eyes to see? Do I have a willingness to see them, to pray for them, to step into those spaces and places. And, you know, we, we always have opportunities. And, you know, even things like being on vacation, like last week, Amy and I and, and Ray got to go on vacation. And it was such a sweet time. And, and it starts by seeing Ray and Amy 
first, right? Like loving them well, serving them well. That's my first ministry, right? But then from that, being open to how God may want to use people in my life, but also to help encourage others. And there are so many people that came across my path that encouraged me, and I got to encourage, but one of them uh, was somebody at a general store, the Adirondack General Store. And as I was there at the general store, there's new ownership there. And I'm, as I often do, asking 100 questions because I'm seeking to get to know this person, to understand. And I, I find it fascinating when people have new ventures and take over things. And so we're just talking. And you can just tell as she's talking about this, she went from corporate America to small business. For 35 years, corporate America, then taking over a small business. And as I'm just listening to her and, and she's sharing with me, all these different things about what's going on there. She's talking about what she's learned. <clears throat> Amy and I were just talking with her, and I just, I sensed the Spirit saying something like this. Ask her if you can pray for her. And I was like, okay. All right, we're just meeting. Here we go. And I said, hey, I just feel led to ask you, would you be willing for my wife and I to pray with you right now? Could we just pray over you and pray over this business? And so we, we are in this little area, it's like this little closet kind of thing. Yeah, I would like that. So we're praying, you know, doing, doing my thing, praying. And as I'm praying, I just sense the Lord using this moment of this time in, our, in her life and in our lives <clears throat> to remind us of his activity and how he's at work. And so as we say, in Jesus' name, amen, we, we see our new friend, tears just streaming down her face just grateful for the acknowledgement of the hard and holy task that she was doing, to see that person. It wasn't about me. It was about the finishing work of Jesus, right? But you know what? There are people like that all around. Here's a businesswoman that looks like she's got it going on. And we assume that about a lot of people, like we know what they're going through. Let's not do that. Let's, not, let's stop that. You know what it is? I won't say what it is. Us, you know, when you assume what that means, you know, like I'm not going to give you that whole thing, but the, it is true, right? But kindness, <laughs> kindness, kindness costs us very little. But if we will take the time to ask the question, to learn what people are going through, to hear their backstory, to care, you never know what God will do. You'll never know how we'll show up. And then because of the finishing work of Jesus, then you can step in and do it scared. See, sometimes that's the, the reality. We're scared, right? It's like my son going down that zip line, doing it scared. <laughs> you know, me trying to read an Excel spreadsheet sometimes, getting a little overwhelmed. Do it scared, right? He's going to show up. He's going to move. He's going to minister. He's just asking for my obedience. He doesn't care. He isn't asking me to worry about or to control the outcome. That's not my responsibility. But my faith and my trust and walking with him is. Who are the people in your life? They're all around you. May we be a people who have eyes and ears to hear the voice that's calling. Again, Hebrews makes it clear today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Do not harden your heart. Do not forfeit the rest that he provides. The work of how we're intended to truly work that is built not on trying to earn something, but receiving and then responding to the rhythms of grace and truth that are found in Christ. So where in your life do you need to experience the finishing work? And who? Who in your life needs to experience it?
They're all around. They're all around. But we have, again, have eyes and ears to hear and to join where God's inviting us to go. Let's pray together. Father, right now, we just thank you for your love for us. We thank you for the reality that in Jesus, he's made a way. He's made a way. He is the way. (laughs) He's the author, the perfecter. And Jesus, we want to keep our eyes on you. Lord, we want to have our eyes so fixed on you that we start to receive and then in our lives be transformed into your likeness, Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We want to hear the melodies of your grace and truth washing over us. We want to be the men and women of God who in full confidence say, we're not looking to ourselves, but we're looking to you. And Lord, I do pray for any person here today who is yet to put their trust in you, that today would be that day. Lord, we would love to talk with them. We'd love to share with them more about who this Jesus is. And then, Lord, for the areas in our lives that we are looking at and we're seeing the gaps, God. You never show us the gaps to condemn us, but you do show us the gaps to convict us, to change us. So I pray that we wouldn't run away from your loving kind discipline it is always loving and kind to discipline us when we step fully into the work that you've designed us for just as i I seek to discipline my son i do so with a desire to see him experience the fullness of life that you've created him for to flourish and thrive and to help others around him to flourish and thrive Lord, right now, we just want to give you this space, this time. Lord, I want us to think about, again, where in our life do we need to experience your finishing work and who in our lives needs to experience your finishing work. Help us to not be complacent. Complicit. Help us to be hungry, God, for the things that you want to do. Help us to be hungry and thirsty for righteousness, God because those are the people you say that will be truly satisfied. So we love you, we trust you, and we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus.